Hello and welcome to Wellbeing. I'm Dr. Virginia Reid and today I'm going to be speaking about a subject which may well put me out of business. Therefore, it is with trepidation that I'm speaking with Shane Landon and accredited practicing dietitians about the Apple Report. Welcome, Shane. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well because I actually do eat apples, but I had no idea of the amount of research that is behind that practice. Yeah, look, it's really interesting. And we've had this adage uh, around Apple a day, keeping the doctor, the doctor away, exactly. Um, I say, um, around for um, many hundreds of years, probably. Um, yes. We don't know really where that started. But um, when I started to look at this area of, of apples specifically, um, like you, I was surprised. Um, as a dietitian, I'd like to think I, I had a reasonably good handle on um, you know, what foods were good for me and what they contained. But I was surprised that... Um, a number of the things that have found their way now into the Apple report that you mentioned. Um, and I guess the things that surprised me the most was the potency of the natural antioxidants that are found in mm, Agreed. Um, and that is, that is news to a lot of people, I think. Mm. Um, and then um, on top of that, there is um, these associations in large um, population studies um, and as well as some in vitro work in relation to various diseases, chronic diseases that we know affect so many Australians, which are things like heart disease and diabetes, um, as well as um, asthma and uh, certain cancers. So this is really interesting, and, and I guess um, that's why there's been a bit of interest in the report, because I think it's, um, it's nice to know that, uh, well, apples are healthy, but in fact they may even be healthier than we thought. Exactly, and they're so readily available in this country, so it's a kind of a crime not to know about them. Well, true, <laughs> and that, that availability is really important too, because yeah. um, you know we we see all the time. In fact, I just saw on a web page um, a moment ago um, a very you know expensive um, yeah. product uh, promoting yeah. its antioxidant content, and mm. uh, and of course that's uh, uh, that's part of the the issue, I guess, as a nutritionist, you want to find. You know, simple, affordable, um, practical solutions yeah. for people, and apples may well help with that. Exactly. So, when we talk about antioxidants, what exactly are we talking about in terms of the disease model? Okay. Well, what uh, the, one of the things that we're finding is that um, uh, things called free radicals, or other people call them reactive oxygen species, but free radicals are compounds that form just through normal functioning of body. Um, the digestion of food even creates these compounds and these compounds are nasty little guys they can actually uh, damage cells they can even damage our own dna our genetic material and the role of antioxidants even though we've got our own internal defense mechanisms to try and deal with these guys um, the antioxidants can help and what they do is um, they um, help to really neutralize these free radicals or mop them up, it's another way of saying it, and effectively make them uh, less dangerous in the body um, and therefore um, may well reduce um, the chances of some of these um, damages going on. Um, I've seen it written in a couple of sources that um, each cell each day gets about 10,000 oxidative hits and that's what these free radicals do. Now, um, that's a lot of repairing to be done and although our bodies really quite good at it, incredibly good at it, in fact, um, we need help, and especially given that um, the environment, pollution, cigarette smoke, UV radiation, can also contribute to the production of these uh, free radical bad guys, then obviously it's great if you've got a good antioxidant-rich diet to help deal with them. 
Now, I actually thought that of all the fruits, etc., it was not that efficient as an antioxidant. But when I looked at that graph um, that came from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, it amazed me that it was so... Uh, they, they talk about the ORAC index, don't they, in terms of how potent an antioxidant something is. It absolutely amazed me how much more potent they were than, say, things like avocados, oranges, grapes... That's right, and, and I think, you know, we've had the humble apple sitting in the fruit bowl for yeah. a long time, and I think people have kind of forgotten about them, and, and mm. you know, this is part of the surprise factor for, for me um, in finding that. And that, you mentioned that uh, uh, table from the USDA, the US Department of Agriculture, and, uh, you know, this table that they put together, and they actually put together a very comprehensive list of um, foods, um, and apples were in there. It was very clear-cut that apples are a very potent source, Mm. And surprised a lot of people. I think people would have naturally thought that maybe an orange uh, would, mm. be, would be higher, but mm. you know, we actually find that it's um, an, uh, an apple has three times the antioxidant content of an, of an orange. And the vitamin C content. Well, the vitamin C content, surprisingly, the vitamin C content of apples is actually not that high. Um, and, and this is where people, it can be a little bit confusing for, for yes. people because um, everyone sort of associates vitamin C with this antioxidant potential, but it's not the vitamin C component um, that uh, actually delivers uh, the benefit. It's these phytonutrients or phytochemicals, whatever you want to call them, because in fact the vitamin C content of apples contributes just 0.4% to their total antioxidant activity. So it's it's negligible. The antioxidant power is coming from the other compounds in the skin and in the flesh, um, which uh, are in every uh, juicy apple. Mm, that, That really did amaze me. So some of the phytochemicals that people may know about are the quercetins and the catechins, etc. I mean, people people do recognise those as being in other things as well, don't they? Oh, of course, and and uh, we need to uh, the flavonoids, yeah, absolutely. And mm. and we're discovering in plant foods thousands of compounds. I mean, the, the, it's really just exploded in the last few years in relation to all these other uh, potentially protective compounds and and I say potentially because there's a lot we just don't know exactly what they do yet so there's a lot of research work to be done but um, we're finding um, thousands of these things spread throughout particularly plant foods fruits and and vegetables and so the 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 message of and we have the message out there of go for two and five two fruit five vegetables you know it makes sense because you then expose yourself um, in a positive way to as many of these uh, compounds as possible and and uh, increasingly we're finding that they may well deliver some health benefits. Mm, and I noticed too, of course, that there is the peel issue, whether you peel it or not. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And uh, there's no doubt about it. When it comes to apples, it's the skin and all. Eat the whole thing. And uh, one of the papers that I refer to in the report was published just last year and they found um, over a dozen compounds just in the skin alone, and then they did some in vitro laboratory testing with those compounds. They're called triterpenoids, very hard to say, even (laughs) harder to spell. Mm. But um, these compounds actually have the capacity to, in the the lab, so this is not in the human body, this is in a a, a test tube in a sense, they've got the capacity to slow down the growth of cancer cells and in some cases kill them. Now, that doesn't mean that that'll happen in the human body, but 
it's very interesting that they have that effect and starts to, um, I guess, put together the jigsaw puzzle of what these compounds might be doing in combination with other compounds and, and uh, of course, the lifestyle that you live as well. It's mm, fantastic. You're listening to Wellbeing and I'm discussing apples with Shane Landon, practising dietitian. I noticed too, Shane, from this report that you've compared apples to some of the popular um, antioxidants that are around at the moment, for example, um, goji juice and acai berries, mangosteen and noni juice, etc. And they're astronomically more potent. Um, probably partly would it be because they're fresh. You compared red delicious apples, for example, with and some of those antioxidants. Was it fresh apples that were compared to bottled product? Uh, uh, yes, and uh, in fact that comparison was done by Choice magazine and so right. I, um, I think it's appropriate to, to recognise that they did that and, and my understanding is that they were concerned about some of the claims that were being made mm-hmm. by some of those um, manufacturers and, and so they did the exercise um, which you're referring to and basically what they did is they compared the antioxidants Serve, mm, again. Yeah. serve uh, for these uh, super juice products um, and compare that to a red delicious apple and found um, uh, that uh, the red delicious apple is way in front and could be in many cases, or in some cases with some of the goji berries, as high as 10 times the mm. antioxidant content you'll be getting per serve from mm. that antioxidant um, juice. And that's one red delicious apple, is it? And that's one, one apple. And, mm. and the, the thing amazing. about this, of course, is, and this really concerns me as a dietitian, and we know there's a lot of discussion about the cost of food. Mm, um, precisely. I think, you know, the availability and the cost of apples just mm. make it such a, a good option, particularly as you're getting a lot more antioxidants at a fraction of the price. If you're consuming apples, then mm. uh, you're going to be much better off um, and uh, you're going to be better off financially and you're going to be better off you know, in terms of the antioxidants that you'll be getting with every mouthful. Are there any studies on whether the apple's fresh, how long it's been off the tree, etc.? Whether it's uh, organic, um, non-organic? No, in fact, and I was, this question's come up a few times. And it's been Good, I'm pleased. <laughs> so the answer's not that great in terms of the, they've just been, the, the research that I've looked at just has not made any distinctions between organic versus regular. My uh, reading of where they've accessed the apples for these studies is basically from the supermarket. So mm. I don't think there's anything particularly special about these apples, and okay. I'm sure there isn't. And I guess that's important because uh, yes. you know, they were using a, a very select type when they were yep. grown in a certain Generic way. Product. Yeah. You know, that's a different product from what you will get, but the reality is that they just used regular everyday apples. Well, hopefully we've got some nice organic growers out there that want to band together and do that research because that would be fantastic. Well, I think there's still <laughs> a lot of research to be done and, and always to understand, you know, some of the things that may be going on, not just with apples, but with obviously how foods interact with our bodies and, and so that we can get uh, better advice, we can refine advice for the entire population because um, we do have this chronic disease crisis in this country and we need mm. to try and find some solutions. Precisely. So is there any difference between, I mean, Red Delicious Apples seem to be the ones that keep being tested. Is there any other brands that, or any other varieties, should I say, that are being tested? I can't get over that other model, can I? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, the, uh, they've actually tested a, a whole range of different apples for antioxidants mm-hmm. and um, the, the variations are small, but you'd expect that. Um, okay. They're all great sources of, of antioxidants, but like any plant food, any crop, 
um, there's always a bit of variance around that. Um, mm, exactly. One that's slightly a bit higher than that's the red delicious one um, because it's uh, well, I'm not sure why it is. It's just uh, it's just how it's turned out uh, in terms of what nature's provided. Right. And you mentioned here the convenience and cost availability compared to blueberries. Now, I know blueberries are particularly good for, well, they're one of the few foods that we know that prevent dementia. Are there any sort of specific disease studies done with apples? Look, there's a lot going on. Um, I mentioned the area of um, uh, in vitro studies to try and understand what those compounds may do with, with cancer cells. Um, I understand there's a lot of other work underway in relation to um, other health benefits. Um, the studies that are mentioned in the report, there's some large population studies uh, where uh, the researchers themselves in those studies, their peer-reviewed journals, um, have identified apples as having the capacity to reduce the risk of uh, certain diseases in those studies. And, and really when we, we, I started to bring it all together, we saw a... a, a, a the pattern, let's say, in relation to certain diseases. Um, it was interesting that it seems that uh, there seems to be something happening with apples and, and lung health because um, there was a, a number of studies and a good Australian study included in that that showed that apples had a protective role in terms of um, asthma but also just general lung health. Mm-hmm. And um, that surprised me. And, and mm-hmm. the, there was one interesting sort of a study which I think obviously deserves a lot more work so we can understand what uh, might be going on is that mums that ate apples during pregnancy, mm. um, that the, their children at the age of five had um, reduced risk of, of uh, asthma. And um, I think that's an extension of something called the Barker hypothesis where we've known for a long time that uh, the growth of the fetus is very much dependent on what mum eats. But increasingly, we're starting to realise that uh, what mum eats and what mum's health and lifestyle is like may well determine the diseases the child does or does not get when they get older. Mm, and this may be part of that. So there's obviously a lot work, more work to do on that maternal aspect and, and how apples, along with other foods, may play a role. Mm, yeah, that's fantastic research, isn't it? So if we think that it helps with things like uh, asthma... What about, and cancer, what about um, people that smoke? I mean, there's a lot of studies now that say that people that smoke shouldn't take certain flavonoid uh, supplements, isn't there? Because it increases their risk of cancer. That was thought that at one stage it might decrease their risk, yeah. but actually increase their risk of lung cancer. Uh, I guess apples being at a lower dose and more yeah. natural dose are going to get around that problem. Well, it, it didn't come through in the studies that I looked mm-hmm. at as a, as a, uh, a level of concern. That, right, um, okay. And so uh, from that point of view, obviously that's, that's a good thing because um, obviously the best advice is don't smoke um, if you can. Of course. And, and uh, we all know that. But um, there, are, there have been um, other uh, specific nutrients. A study a number of years ago would be the carotene, which yeah. actually had to be stopped because of the risks uh, associated with uh, that particular arm of the study. So um, I think, um, you know, certainly in terms of my review, um, there didn't seem to be a problem in that regard. You're listening to Wellbeing. I'm Dr Virginia Reid and I'm speaking with Shane Landon, a practising dietitian, about the amazing beneficial effects of apples. So we've covered their effects on the common diseases. What about 
One of the things that we're seeing uh, is a major problem for us both in our society and a lot of the, I guess you'd have to say, developed countries is weight gain and its long-term effects such as diabetes. Is there any beneficial evidence from apples and weight gain? Yeah, look, that's a very interesting one. And, and there was one study done that I've referred to in the report, um, which which I don't think it actually talk, really means anything specific about apples. It may be it's more of a dietetic sort of strategy, if you like. But um, they did have, uh, in this South American study, 400 women who were um, overweight and with high uh, or elevated uh, blood cholesterol levels. And the, they structured their diet and, and then asked them to um, either eat an apple or a pear or um, another sort of product. I think it might have been a cereal product before they ate their uh, breakfast, lunch and dinner. And uh, the apple and the pear, I should say, actually really did contribute to um, uh, an effective weight loss and their cholesterol levels came down uh, relative to the other cereal product that they used. And, and, and now that's nothing magical, I don't think, about apples per se. Um, the, the other thing to consider, I suppose, in relation to the whole obesity area is that I did a little comparison between um, one of the healthiest muesli bars I, I think is on the market. I've taken one of those and I've compared it to an apple three days a week in the lunchbox um, and I've looked at that over the whole school year. So what, how does it stack up? And, and, and you start to realise that these decisions that you make, do you put an apple in or a muesli bar, really do add up because over the course of the school year, the difference in kilojoules um, is 25,000 um, kilojoules and that uh, obviously that's 61% more kilojoules than the apple would provide, um, about 20 times more fat, 52% less dietary fibre. So um, when parents ask me, you know, what can I do? Those little decisions that you think, oh, you know, muesli bars, they, and they're promoted as being very healthy, and yes, they can be part of a diet, but if they're consistently used, and it's not just them, it's just other snack foods sometimes that are processed foods, those decisions actually make a big difference long-term in terms of the amount of calories that are consumed and the things that are not consumed, that is, uh, missing out on those antioxidants, missing out on that dietary fibre. Is there any evidence for dried apples? Well, the uh, studies that have been done have shown that the antioxidants are really quite stable, but I think there's still some more work that needs to be done to really understand what does um, happen. But um, as we mentioned earlier, whole apples are the go, if you like, skin yeah. and all. And, mm. uh, but the moment you uh, start to process them, you will lose some benefits. That is, if you take the skin off, mm. there are still plenty of antioxidants in the flesh. So okay. um, we don't miss out completely. It's not all in the skin. Um, so if you do happen to have a dessert or something that's just got apple flesh, don't worry, you've still got antioxidants in there. And they are quite stable compounds from what we know so far. So mm. they're going to be there um, even if uh, you know, you've know you done a little bit of cooking with them and, and if they've been processed. Oh, okay, that was the next question, right. Yeah. So even when they when you cook them, they're, they're still yeah, beneficial. From what we know, but uh, look, we do need to, um, and, and I always need to say this, yeah. there's a lot more that we need to learn about these compounds because uh, we are just discovering so many things in plant foods, not just apples, but, um, and so we need to understand their chemistry more, we need to understand how stable they are, what yeah. their bioactivity changes. One of the things that the mm. researchers in apples have, have said in a number of papers is this power of synergy, and it, it seems that... Um, like so many okay. things, once you take the things out and isolate them, you lose the 
potency, yeah. potency yeah. and that these compounds may well um, work in synergistic fashions. And mm. as a biological system, which an apple is, you think, well, that kind of makes sense. Um, yeah. You know, so there's, there's a lot for us to learn about how these things interact. Mm, I agree. That's what I was asking about the dried apples because I know my kids aren't keen on taking fresh apples to school because they say they get bruised and things, which is fair enough. But they will come at, you know, dried apples with nuts and things. Yes, and yeah. that's the sort of options that we need to provide because mm-hmm. we know that um, they won't always have a fresh apple. But I guess we, mm. as a parent myself, I need to be creative at times. Yes, we, that's we right. To try yeah. and get these things into their diet. Yeah, so that's and, where it would be fantastic to have more of this sort of research. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that you know this will just be a catalyst yes. for people thinking more about the choices that they make. Me too. And that you know that apples um, they've been there for a long time. You know, mm. they've got a lot of you know sort of mythology around them, and, and yeah. in fact, there's something to yes. them, which is nice. <laughs> yes, exactly. And one of the other things that surprised me was the calcium, iron, zinc. Yes. Now they they do contain those. Now they're not super rich sources of them, they right. are there. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think the one that uh, we also need to be aware of, or there's a couple of things besides the fibre, um, and um, an apple has um, more fibre per serve than some of Australia's leading breakfast cereals. Oh. There's also plenty of um, uh, potassium. Now we know that potassium is important and recently mm. we've seen um, the National Health and Medical Research Council via a document called the NRVs, I won't go into that too much, but essentially say we need to get more potassium potassium in the diet because of its ability to help blunt the effects of, of sodium and, and therefore maybe reduce the mm. impact of high blood pressure, which we know is such an issue with respect to cardiovascular disease and stroke. Mm. Um, uh, so uh, that's, that's a good thing. Uh, there's some calcium, a little bit of iron and zinc. So every mouthful you're getting plenty of goodness and, uh, and these are the, this is the cornerstone of what good nutrition advice is about, really focusing on nutrient-dense foods, um, whole unprocessed foods that um, are the things that are, really should be underpinning our, our dietary pattern. We can have other sort of um, treat foods, of course, um, but if your basic diet is consisting of those whole fresh foods primarily as, along with all the other you know, core food groups, of course, um, then you're well on your way to having a healthier diet. And the GI of the of the apple mm-hmm. is significantly lower than other fruits. Well, well, it's as low as other fruits. I actually yeah. haven't gone through and checked them, but um, I know it's there is this, these categories of what's you know high, medium, and low, and it's mm. definitely low. And the advantage mm. of that, as you would know, is that there's a slow release of glucose into the mm. bloodstream, and we're we're seeing more and more that um, high that that can then lead to high levels if there's a peak. High levels of insulin and mm. high circulating. That worries me about apple juice because I find it particularly sweet. Apple is apple juice is, is sweet. There have been some interesting studies on the ability for apple juice, albeit the cloudy apple juice, right, um, to um, have some impact on Alzheimer's, albeit in animal studies. So it's pretty mm. early days. Yeah, um, that's the same for blueberries. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Mm. And um, you know, so I think that. Uh, um, if I was going to make a choice, you know, the cloudy one would probably be the one that I would go for. Um, there are certainly going to be some of these flavonoid compounds in the apple juice, but uh, and that's fine as part of the diet. We know that a small serve of juice is equivalent, uh, in terms of the Australian Guide to Healthy Eating, um, a small serve of juice is equivalent to a fruit serve. But obviously right. um, you should be focusing um, on getting your whole fruit, mm. especially, you know, given the evidence that we now have about apples and, and the importance of the skin. 
Mm, yeah, I, I try to encourage people not to have too much juice and to eat the whole fruit and drink more water is probably the strategy. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time and effort. I'm, I was really thrilled to read this. I um, had no idea of the antioxidant capacity of apples. That's for absolute certain, and I'm hoping that it'll promote a whole lot more research. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping so as well. I mean, obviously, if, if people eat a few more apples and a few less chips or other things, I'll be happy. Yep, totally agreed. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. I've been speaking to Shane Landon, an accredited practising dietitian, about the Apple Report. You've been listening to Wellbeing, and all of us at Wellbeing would like to say we wish you well.